Live from Guttercat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? So good to see so many people in this space. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world. And welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today, we have a Web2 legend in the house. It's always incredible seeing OG Web2 builders finding their way into this space so early because they notice pattern recognition from the early days of the internet. Today's guest was one of the first YouTube stars to go viral back in 2008 from vlogging about his adventures with his family. That channel, Shaytards, now has over 4.8 million subscribers. But that was just the beginning of his journey building in Web2. He partnered in 2009 with other YouTube stars to create a media company called Makers Studios, which was then sold to Disney in 2014 for half a billion dollars. He is one of the first internet personalities I looked up to over a decade ago, and it's an extreme honor to now share the stage with the one and only Shay Carl. What is going on, man? What is up, Carl? It is good to be on the show, and uh, thank you for that very generous introduction. Yeah, you know, when you were on stage, uh, I think it was New Year's Eve, and there was a rug radio going on, and you came up, and like half the people didn't know who you were. I was just like, what the hell is going on right now? But <laughs> it just shows, we uh, evolve, generations change, now you're an old guy, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so funny to me that people, you know, like, uh, back in the day, you know, you you and Philip DeFranco were like two guys that I really looked up to when I was really, I was grinding to get to a thousand YouTube subscribers so I could try and make some money. It didn't work out, though. I just never made it, and I gave up. I, I, I've told this story a couple of times, but I had a girlfriend, and I was really embarrassed about my video, so I just deleted everything, and that was the end of it. And But now here we are in Web3, and I'm ready to go. I've got a wife she supports me and uh and here we are so i'm so excited and i'm excited that you're here today too but this show and what i'm excited about for you to talk about today is about your journey into the crypto and nft space we know you're a web 2 pioneer i'm curious what uh drew you to this space uh to begin with if it was crypto initially and then how you got involved in nfts and also where your conviction came from when it comes to the web 3 journey Sure. Um, first, let me backtrack just real quick and give you a little props because the production of your Spaces show is quality. And I've been bopping in and out of Twitter Spaces now for the last three months with this new NFT thing. And you got to say, you know, think of all, I mean, you say you quit YouTube or whatever because you're grinding to get to a thousand subscribers. But all of that experience and that journey that you went on taught you production, taught you how to build an audience taught you how to create a product that is consumable, and uh, you've done that here. So I am really grateful to be on the show. Yeah, man, uh, Web2, it's weird to call it that. I've you know just recently started calling it that when I got into <laughs> NFT. Like, man, there's a lot of terms I'm going to have to learn. The first two weeks, I'm like, okay, write that down. I have to Google that. Like, what does it mean to be rugged even? Yeah. You know, like, what, <laughs> yeah. what does that mean? Like, all these new terms. <clears throat> and it reminds me of the early days of YouTube when everybody was trying to get it figured out and like oh wait you can make money on the internet like 
you can make a living off the internet, which was such a ground, you know, or a mind blowing concept because I'm 41. You mentioned it, Carl. You said I was old. Okay, I'm an old guy. <laughs> you know, I'm 30. I'm 33, and I feel old in this space sometimes. <laughs> yeah, age is relative, I guess, depending on you know. Because I'm a 41 year old man now, and you know, I still have vivid memories of being a kid. And you know, you think about as a kid, like somebody who's 41, it's like, oh, that's an old man. But now I'm 41, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm still the same teenager in my brain. Yeah, my right. Body's getting hairier and grayer. And it's harder to get out of bed. <laughs> so stay active, kids. But um, I, you know, I have five kids. I've been married for 19 years. My wife and I just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary, and. You know, as a provider of a family and as a dad, you know, when I first got married, it's like, okay, I'm responsible for, you know, feeding these kids and clothing them. And how do I do that? How do I make money? I went into college and I got, you know, basically like all of my, you know, I can't even remember what the term is because it's been so long ago since I dropped out of college. But I I graduated from high school. I served a two-year mission uh, for my church and then came home and just started to say, think about like, how do I make money for my family? And I was passionate, very passionate about not hating what I did for a living mm-hmm. because, you know, that's what we're all trying to do. We go to school, we do all these things so that we can then go get a job and you go to college so you can get this piece of paper and then you can go out into the job world and be like, look, I earned this piece of paper. I have a degree. Give me some money to do a job. And I just never vibed with that with student loans and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you work for 40, 50 years of your life, that's, you know, and 80% of your life is your job and you hate your job, then it just makes sense. You'd hate your life. So I'm like, there's gotta be a way to do something that I love and to be able to monetize it, to be able to make money doing it. So Mm -hmm. I found YouTube, started YouTube in like 2007 and, um, it was when I bought my first computer. We bought this little Dell laptop, and my wife's like, what are we going to do with it? And I said, I don't know. Send each other emails because I was <laughs> – I mean, I had no tech savvy at all. I didn't even take a typing class in high school. I was so you know, ill-prepared for you know the internet and stuff. But the first night that I had my laptop, I remember getting on YouTube and – watching youtube all night long it was like the best tv guide there was anything i typed in i liked green day i liked skiing i would just type these things in and a video would pop up i remember staying up all night long and the sun coming up in the morning i was like i just stayed up all night watching youtube and in the course of that evening of uh going down the rabbit hole that is youtube i found philip defranco this guy you're talking about and i'm like this guy has eighty thousand subscribers he's like a 23 year old kid And I could just, it it felt like he had this little intro. He had some music. Mm -hmm. I'm like, he he has like his own TV show on YouTube. (laughs) I mean, he had, he was one of the first to really figure it out. He he was like the first viral YouTuber. And I remember, uh, and and then I remember your paths crossing too, because he did some sort of, he did some sort of give like a partnership, right? Where someone, he would shill your, your page or something. Yeah, he had this contest. It was called like how to get a popular online series or show. And then he had people from his website submit a YouTube video that then the website would vote on who had the best video. And so I had this concept 
called the He-Man germ. I had this rant where I'm like, you know, hand sanitizer kills. This is pre-COVID, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, hand sanitizer kills 99.99% of the germs. Well, what about that 0.001%? That's the one germ that survived the hand sanitizer apocalypse. And now I killed all of his friends and family. And that germ is pissed at me. And he's coming after me. And he's going to kill me. And I did this whole rant on hand sanitizer. And they liked it. And it got voted, um, I think, number one. Or maybe I think I even lost, actually, in the vote. But Phil liked my my video. And then he promoted me on his channel. And overnight, I gained 3,000 YouTube subscribers. I remember my email was connected to you know, my YouTube. So every time I got a new subscriber, I'd get an email. And I woke up the next morning. And I had like 2,800 emails. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what has happened? And so that was when I first started, like, realizing like oh i can you know contact or connect with people worldwide you know one of my early videos i was like 300 of you have subscribed to me like you pushed a button saying that you wanted to see more of what i'm doing and saying if all 300 of you came to my house and we had a party like that would be a huge party you bring the mashed potatoes you bring the kool-aid it's like trying to conceptualize like these were real people that mm -hmm. were from around the world that were interacting and commenting and so at the very beginning, it was just about the community and about connecting with people. And it wasn't even about the money at that point. But then I found out, oh, you can make money doing this. And then it was on because I'm like, I love doing this. I love everything about being able to express myself on video and have people comment to that by laughing or, you know, giving people some optimism in their life when they didn't have it. And to be able to get paid for doing that through, you know, Google AdSense and through the partnership program was a dream come true. So I just put everything into it. I was like, just like I have with NFTs at this point. <laughs> That's why it's so nostalgic yeah. of 2009, because I'm like, there is something here and I'm going to read until my eyes bleed. <laughs> You're staying I'm up all night again. I've seen you up at late, late hours <laughs> of the night. It is, and that's why it feels so reminiscent of those early days where it's like we can pull these digital tokens off the internet by creating things or even just by owning things. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah. when you with your journey into the space, was it really NFTs that that built this like conviction, this passion? I know we had talked in DMs a little bit about how you were invested in you you had invested in some cryptocurrency, but was was that more uh, just like passive? You didn't you didn't really have conviction about it, or tell me a little bit about what uh, made you so like jazzed about the space? If something about crypto did it, or if it was really NFTs. Well, crypto definitely sparked it. I, I did the same thing with crypto that I'm doing with NFTs I did with YouTube back then. So uh -huh. I have a brother-in-law, my sister's husband. He started investing in Bitcoin in 2013. And for years, he's like, you got to check out this Bitcoin. And I'm, I was entrenched with YouTube and, and all this other stuff. I'm like, I don't need to get into another thing. And then finally in 2017, I just started seeing too many things on the internet. One I'm a dumb guy, but one thing I am good at is finding smart people. And some of the most successful people are people who surround themselves with people smarter than them. Yeah, amen. And so I kind of feel like I have a niche for seeing who the smart people are, which is everybody other than me. <laughs> but, you know, kind of aligning myself and watching where they're going. That was the early days of YouTube. It's like you watch what another creator's doing and you just copy it. You're like, oh, ask the to subscribe. I didn't think of that. Like Michael Buckley invented that 
a decade ago where it's just like you ask the audience, please like, please subscribe. And that upped his interaction exponentially just to ask for interaction. And so people started doing that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so 2017, I started buying into Bitcoin when it was like 3500 bucks a coin. And yeah, I bought pretty viciously for a couple years because I just I got all into it. So the NFT evolution for me was pretty simple because, you know, the market had gone up considerably and I had, you know, some tokens to spend. And so I'm like, how do I diversify my portfolio a bit and taste this new technology that is a non-fungible token? And so in the third week of October this year, like 90 days ago, ish i got invited to go to new york city me and my wife went to nyc nft and so i'd heard about nfts and been hearing about them and was into crypto you know fairly consistent consistently since 2017 and so i'm like okay i think i need to figure out this nft thing now so i'm going to new york next week i gotta get at least one nft because i can't go to NFT NYC without having an NFT. How many freaking NFTs can I say? <laughs> so I just I got on um, my a good friend of mine, Dan Markham. He has a channel called What's Inside. He's in the room right now. Shout out to Dan. What's up, Dan? Yeah, shout out, Dan. Um, he had been promoting um, Adam Bomb Squad a bit, or not even really promoting, but he had some like hoodies, and I knew that it was an NFT, and I kind of recognized it from my childhood because I loved Zoomies. I'm a huge Volcom clothing fan i actually did a collaboration with volcom when i was in the heyday of my youtube we did a shirt and a hat like a shea carl volcom shirt and hat because the head designer at volcom of 18 years his daughter watched our youtube videos and in the majority of my videos in those days i was wearing volcom hats and so he was always walking by the computer and he's like who's this guy he's always wearing volcom hats and this girl like it's shea carl and his family and so we actually became friends with them and flew out to Costa Mesa, California, went to the Volcom warehouse. When it was like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, like they opened their warehouse to us and they're like, take whatever you want. <laughs> and, me and my wife and kids and a couple of my friends loaded up on like $2,000 worth of like shirts and hoodies and pants and sunglasses. And it was just this amazing, you know, IP share with, you know, our brand and theirs. So I'd recognized the hundreds and Adam Bomb Squad from Volcom and stuff like that. And so I that was my first purchase, just by happenstance, because it was really the only NFT I knew about. I'd heard of CryptoPunks, but I wasn't about to spend whatever the floor was in October for a CryptoPunk because yeah. I'm like trying to limp into this thing. So I figured out how to get my wallet set up, how to transfer some Bitcoin into Ethereum, how to then go onto the open sea, find the marketplace where they're selling these things. And I bought my first NFT and right away, like I tweeted it and the Adam bomb squad community, like came out in droves, like congratulations. And some people were pissed because I think they wanted the bomb that I got. And in hindsight, I had no idea what bomb I was getting. I just wanted to get my first NFT, but I did good luckily on my first bomb. Cause one of my first bombs is actually one of my favorites. That's awesome. So it went to New York city um, for this event and had a lot of different, you know, there's a lot of different panels and parties and stuff like that. And we had some friends there. And so it was a busy schedule, but Adam bomb squad had an event at the Shopify headquarters, which by the way, the CEO of Shopify just bought an Adam bomb in Adam bomb squad. 
And so anyways, the event was at the Shopify um, headquarters and it was an amazing event. I'm like, wow, these guys know how to throw a party. Like mm-hmm. the merchandise, like the bags they gave out, the chicken sandwiches were delicious. <laughs> like they had Baron Davis of, you know, NBA fame there, um, an artist by the name of Natasha. And just it was like, wow, you could really feel the vibe. And it was a melting pot of people. Um, this is one thing I noticed. Men, women, more women than men, actually, in mm-hmm. the NFT space. Shout out to women in the NFT space because... Um, throughout my career working at Maker Studios and and you know the buyout with Disney and stuff, some of the smartest people I've worked with in business are women mm-hmm. and have been my manager and, and assistant. And I, I think women are. I trust. Anyway, <laughs> um, women women will rule the world. I know, and we, we can't tell them that because then they'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what I love about that story, though, uh, and I want to come back to for a second is just like the fact, the connection that uh, a girl watching your video like that, that made a connection in the space. And I think that's a crazy, beautiful thing. And what you probably notice as part of the pattern recognition now in terms of connections, like the fact that you're on my show right now and talking about Web3 and NFTs and crypto is just another example of like this connection, someone that I I looked up to in YouTube and Web2, now I'm able to chat with and talk on the show with. And I just love like that, that, that we're able to like make these connections with people that otherwise we may have never uh, been able to meet or chat with. And so I'd love for you, I just get jazzed about that because I think you're a true OG builder in the early days of Web2. And I know that, you know, you're seeing some of these connections now from the early days of YouTube. And I'd love for you to chat a little more about what you're noticing in the Web3 space today that reminds you of your early days building on YouTube? Um, there's a lot of different things. Um, you know, I had a list. I wrote a few notes down here before we got on the call. Like five things to look for, and that's an arbitrary number. You could probably name more, but five things to look for when you're going to join an NFT project. And I'll just name them off. Leadership, art, utility, community, and metadata. Um, When it comes to community, there's a lot of buzzwords around community. Like, the community's great. It's so strong. Like, everybody, you know, what does that mean exactly? My takeaway is, have you made any new friends? And, you know, the day where you meet people on the internet being weird is long gone. And, you know, the day of, like, these are my in in real life friends and these are my internet friends is, is long gone also. My best friends are my internet friends or people that I met on the internet. That's community, right? So, I mean, I'm in, I'm in probably 10 different projects NFT-wise. I own a board ape and a few others, um, but my biggest holding is an Atom Bomb Squad. And I've already met people in the last three months that I know that I will talk with forever. People that I'm like, let's go skiing together or we're going to come out to Singapore and hang out. You know, like there's definitely – utility in the community you know utility is well what is it what does the nft do for you what do you get for owning one other than potential upside in selling it later on is there anything else that you get other than that so community is one utility that is i think important because a rising tide lifts all ships when we started maker studios that's the that was the idea we all had separate channels you know, we had some of the biggest names in the day. Shane Dawson, Philip DeFranco, Lisa Nova, Dave Days, Cass and G. 
I Justine, Michael Buckley, like these were all people who had already grown their own unique audiences. And we thought if we can just work together, the whole is greater than the sum of our parts. So one plus one doesn't equal two because of each of our specific strengths and qualities. One plus one can equal a hundred. And so there's something about collaborating and connecting, which is another reason that I love Adam Bomb Squad. It's a it's a streetwear brand that's been 18 years in the making. They've done collaborations with Harry Potter, Coinbase just announced they're partnering with them, Xbox, um, Adam Bomb Squad, Bobby and Ben Hundreds helped the Board Ape Yacht Club do their early merch drops when they f- were first getting started. Like. Garbage Pail Kids. I had Garbage Pail Kids. Adam Bomb Squad has done collaborations with them. Garfield, you know, artists like Jim Davis, Eric Dresden, Lance Montoya, um, Ron English. So it's just this legacy and leadership of Bobby and Ben and the reputation that they've built of their brand over the last 18 years that they have now turned into an NFT. So to me, it's like they've had physical stores in San Francisco. They have a store in Los Angeles on Rosewood Avenue. The time and work and connections and collaboration that take to do what they've done already with their business show me and make me feel confident that they're not going to rug the project. Their reputation is too important. They've worked too hard and spent you know too much time and effort into just Let's try this NFT thing. And when it comes to art, you know, we see a lot of NFT projects that are computer generated art, which I think are great. And you see a lot of really cool computer generated art, but there's no, like the computer can't feel passionate about that art, right? Like Bobby Hundreds loves all 25,000 of the creations that he's made in the Atom Bomb Squad project. He drew them, you know? So it's like, they're his children. So I think that's something also important to take into consideration is that this is somebody's heart, sweat, and soul that is this non-fungible that you're owning. I almost feel like I could understand how he would feel a little remorseful every time one of Adam Bomb Squad NFTs sold because it's like, that was my baby and now I sold it, you know, and it's not like he has, you know, lost all IP rights and stuff like that, but um these are all things and reasons why I'm excited about Adam Bomb Squad. Yeah, I mean, it's that's amazing. And one thing that you talked about is, you know, betting on the jockey. And I think that's something people are realizing more. It's something Gary V talks a lot about is like, you want to really bet on the people because uh, the, and, and the people can help drive that community. And a great example is like, you have brought in so many people to the Adam Bomb Squad community uh, since you've joined. And I love seeing you just in like small spaces hang, hanging out uh, with Adam Bomb Squad community. It's just such a beautiful thing to me and i think what brings um beauty to like the web3 space as a matter of fact i wanted to uh, i've i've uh, been kind of inside or uh, the outside looking in for a while i've always wanted to get uh, a bomb i just have have just waited but uh just like our connection and and talking with you and seeing your passion for the bomb squad i was like all right i just gotta pull the trigger and get one and uh i know that you you had seen the the post where i posted 
I think a week ago that I had purchased one. But a big factor of that was because I was like, uh, you know, Shay's in this. I know he's super passionate about it. I'm going to, I want to support him. And, uh, you know, there's also the beauty of like, you know, being that connection that you feel with someone like I want to, I want to be connected to Shay in a new way. So I'm going to grab a a bomb squad because, you know, you're, you're friends with all the bombs. So he's going to have to be friends with me then. Uh, And so now I've got you cornered, which is perfect because that was the plan all along. Um, But, you know, I gotta go. I gotta go, dude. I, something came up <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, but but you know one thing that i want to go back to too is like there was a lot of beauty in web 2 and you talked about it because web 3 is like you know a lot of it is like oh man web 2 like there's all these flaws of web 2 which which now like looking back there's things that can be improved on but for someone like you it changed your life like for once content creators were able to make money and be their own boss by doing what they loved so i don't think anyone should should minimize that because that is a unique difference between um, what we what we were used to or what was available uh, prior to the internet. But I think the unique difference between there is a unique difference between like monetizing your audience through advertisements and the ability to allow your audience to become stakeholders in what you create, and therefore they're they're cheering for your success even more because it means you all win together. And so. Um, somewhat to how you've become a massive cheerleader for Adam Bomb Squad since you own such a large stake in their NFTs. How does that model of monetization seem different from a decade ago when YouTube was starting out and what we're seeing now uh, evolving into Web3? Oh, I mean, I'm still trying to like connect the dots of like correlations. But one thing that immediately comes to my head is just ownership of IP. Like, you know, take Atom Bomb Squad out of it. Like just the technology of the Ethereum blockchain, smart contracts. You know, as a creator, um, I see my good buddy Amy Finnerty in the room. Oh, I think she just left. Dang it. Um, she used to be my manager and she was a manager for Nirvana. Um, just owning the things that you created, having proof. I saw a tweet today Okay, so um, Microsoft bought, who did they buy today? Um, Blizzard Games? Mm-hmm. Activision. So that's, isn't that the same? I mean, didn't they own World of Warcraft? Yeah, yeah, World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. You know, Vitalik Buterin's, um, all of his updates that he had, are, and that's why he created Ethereum in the first place. And so now that Microsoft bought Blizzard, they're going to create a Web3 world that lives on the Ethereum blockchain that Vita, that he created because he was mad at Blizzard games. Like <laughs> what a, what a, a, you know, full circle where it's like you can own something and have digital proof that you own it through the ledger um, by, you know, by showing these transactions. So that's the thing that I guess most excites me and the monetization will come later. You know, I, I like, you know, you said you bought a bomb because you wanted to interact with me more. It's like being fans of the same thing because you appreciate and respect somebody. You know, it's like, oh, we both like this same thing. Um, we can also now make money on that. Like I talked about this in a previous space where every concert, every football, basketball game that you go to, the ticket that you buy to that game will be a NFT where you will have digital proof that says that you were at the game where LeBron James scored a hundred points and Lakers fans 
that in the future that look back on history will want to be a little bit a, a part of that. So maybe you could sell your ticket to that game that showed that this person had proof digitally through the blockchain that they were there. And then you can sell that ticket with Adam bomb squad. It's digital merch in the metaverse. Like, did you hear like today, Fortnite just um, unfroze the towers what was that all about? My son was talking about. I don't it. know. I'm not. I'm. Uh, I'm not up to date on this one. This news. Um. Anyways. Oh yeah. Tilted towers. Uh, Fortnite. Apparently, there was this location in Fortnite that was a popular place for everybody to drop into, and then it froze for the last long time, and then today it just unfroze. And my son, who's 18 came home for lunch with like five of his friends and they all run up to Fortnite. They're like, Oh, they just re-released tilted towers. I'm like, what the hell is that? And so they're all, Whoa, look how many people are here. Like, you know, these are already metaverses that people and kids are living in. Yeah. Like you can buy skins there. My son, my eight year old son today is like, dad, can I buy this dance? It's like, you have to pay V bucks to buy a dance for your character so your character can do this dance in a video game and it costs, you know, a X amount of V bucks. So like monetization in the metaverse is already happening. And I think gaming is definitely leading the way in that. Um, it has been for a long time with, you know, tokens and arcades and it's all that kind of same commerce. Um, but I think it's going to become more ubiquitous in our day to day lives. Um, you know, imagine, you know, Windex doing an NFT. And if you spend X amount of, dollars on windex a year you own a windex nft and you know you see like pepsi and adidas and people like this that are doing them so it'll who knows is the answer and also this is not financial advice and also um most of the times i feel like i you know don't know what i'm talking about but i'm just trying to learn and i think that's the exciting thing is that there's so much to learn mm -hmm. and new information that you can drive yourself crazy yeah with how much? And I saw one tweet uh, in reply to your questions for me tonight about like, you know, family work balance. You know, you got to realize that we have physical bodies. You know, we are putting more and more value on our digital lives through our wallets and through our followers and through our avatars and, you know, all the stuff that we're creating digitally. But we have to remember that we have hearts yeah. and brains and bodies. So, yeah, you can. And I... you can burn yourself out in this place. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, uh, later too because I know in our DMs we were talking a lot about your passion for, um, you know, in real life, like going out and doing things and not getting too consumed um, by tech because, and I, I want you to talk a little more about that too. I want to touch before we do that on um, one thing with YouTube and any sort of platform um, that basically is, a, is is centralized. And so they're, you know, they're deciding how the monetization works for um, the creators. I'm curious what you, being involved from the early days in YouTube, you were able to have a lot of success, but I know over time and over the years, as the model changed um, with YouTube, it became harder and harder for creators that maybe don't have a huge, huge audience to be able to make uh, significant income. And so 
do you do you see any sort of benefit in the blockchain with being able to be almost like a direct to consumer being able to find those fans and being able to do something or like create something like an nft where you're able to give value to the people that follow you um and how how that could kind of change the game when it comes to the centralized uh, organizations with deciding who gets paid and and when they get paid yes um couple things if i had to start all over again today and just well i don't want to give spoiler alerts but like well i shouldn't even say the movie if everybody forgot who i was today and you know all of the things that i've ever done were just erased but i still had all of my memories and information it would be so incredibly hard to recreate the amount of success that i've had now compared to 2007 because I was lucky enough to be ahead of the curve and then you gain an audience that kind of supports you and then also you be you make friends with people who are also have big audiences or growing their audiences and you collaborate. But um, the concept of a thousand true fans comes to mind. Where yeah. it's like if you just have a thousand people that are willing to put a hundred bucks a year into you, whether it be you know buying some merch, um, supporting you on Patreon, um, buying one of your NFTs, watching your videos, whatever. That's a hundred grand a year you're making being an artist. You know, now it's not huge money. You're not rich, but you are making a hundred thousand dollars a year creating like, and that's the dream. That was what I talked about at the beginning of the call, just loving what you do. Like money doesn't bring happiness. I haven't, I'm not ultra rich or super rich, but I've, I've made enough money to know that money can only solve so many problems. Um, and people that are just chasing that money because they think that it's going to make them happy are going to be severely disappointed. Um, it's about enjoying the work as you're doing it. It's the day-to-day grind and enjoying the process and building something. If you're just trying to get into the NFT thing to you know, fast flip stuff, you're going to be disappointed and you're probably going to lose a lot of money. I saw today that a credit card company, I'm not sure which one, um, just partnered up with Coinbase so that you can buy NFTs with credit cards. That scares me. I I mean, I know it's good news for the market and for NFTs as far as like the price of things going up. I would never recommend borrowing money to buy an NFT. Now, maybe if some people think that buying with a credit card that they know that they'll repay is safer because of credit card policies. Well, there's things to think about, you know, like if somebody buys an NFT and then they call and then they regret it, because it rugs and then they call the credit card company and they're like, my son got on my phone and he bought this stupid JPEG and I want a refund. You know, it's like there's implications like that where they're going to have to come up with strict guidelines and protocols to, you know, keep that safe. So only, you know, do your own research, all the buzzwords that you hear, like, buy things that you can afford to lose. You know, sometimes it's like gambling, but that's why I say don't go in, to it for the money go into it for the revolutionary technology for the way that it gives artists the ability to own something to prove digitally that they own it and to meet new people who are excited about you know a common cause because i think a majority of these nft projects have you know goodwill attached to them you know adam bomb squad has done you know collaborations with you know things with some of the you know, social issues in Los Angeles and different things like that. So 
join for the right reasons, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like, money will come if you work hard, if you're genuine, if you're honest, the money will come. But if you're just like, how do I get in here and find the most valuable one and then flip it and then, you know, I'm saying like it, it's you're going to burn out and it's not going to be a, a pleasant experience. Yeah. Did that answer? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, and you expanded even more. I mean, I agree with you about the thousand true fans. I think that this uh, it is going to allow people and artists and entertainers and uh, musicians to not necessarily uh, need that drive anymore to get a hundred thousand followers or to get uh, signed to a major record label. They can grind organically and find a true small community uh, globally that they really connect with because of the borderless nature of the blockchain. And there is a be- there's something really beautiful to that. Uh, and I think w- you kind of expanded then from there and just talked about how important it is when you're investing in the space too to not necessarily do it just for money, which I 100% agree because, uh, you know, or it, to be cautious, I think everyone gets in the space bec- partly because of the money, which is great because it is, it, it can create financial, uh, you know, just generational wealth um, if, if it goes well for you. But like you said, like it is very volatile and you have to be extremely careful uh, when investing because especially if you have conviction in something, it is very hard to have conviction in things when you don't when you don't have that money to to make it through those volatile dips uh, and because you need that for rent or you need that for something really important. And so then you end up selling and just losing money because you you had the conviction, but you couldn't you couldn't really keep that conviction because of other circumstances. So, so I 100% agree with you. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and I think, I think one thing that I'm really excited about as we continue to see this space evolve is, like you said, like you, you, these, these um, smaller creators that really are able to do things that are super impactful and find those fans just by growing in organic communities. And maybe you're in Adam Bomb Squad and you find a community there and then you can grow and evolve. And I think that's something I've been noticing is that different creators and content creators really get attached and connected to different communities. And then they really grow alongside those communities. And it's a beautiful thing to see how they evolve and grow together in the space. And I think it's amazing that you're helping do that for some, uh, some young content creators too. Now that I see you doing stuff with an Adam bomb squad. I think that's amazing. Um, one, one thing I am curious about because you have so many influential uh, people and friends that are in Web2 that have been extremely successful on YouTube and uh, and other platforms. I'm curious what, the, what um, just talking to friends of yours, what their reactions are right now to the space. And if, uh, if, if it just seems like that, like everyone's excited or uh, if it's, if it's like, there's people that are just like, I have no idea what you're doing, Shay, this makes no sense. Uh, and and you're like having to try to onboard people. What's kind of the reaction to like content creators that you've been friends with for years that have built uh, from the the web two era and the YouTube days? Well, I haven't you know reached out to too many people because um, yeah, man, I've made a lot of friends doing this thing and a lot of very influential friends. Like I'm very proud of the success of all of the friends that I've made on YouTube because it's, it's been such a cool ride, honestly, just to meet people. And, um, anyways, um, 
I've just reached out to people that I've noticed that are tweeting about NFTs. Like we had a Twitter spaces the other night with some OG YouTubers, I Justine and Jesse Wellens, Shira Lazar, David Choi. Oh, this is what I wanted to bring up. Walk off the earth. One of my favorite bands that I found on YouTube. If you haven't heard of walk off the earth, check them out. They're coming out with their own NFTs, but they were talking about their first record deal. They were only getting like, 20% of the earnings or some ridiculous number like that for their first record label record labels and platforms or that are, you know, the centralized places, they had all the power previously. So now with an NFT where you can just go direct to your audience and they can use a, a digital contract coin like Ethereum and support your project or, you know, Maybe like I, I have a friend right now who's creating a music video for a very big football game that's in February that is talking about making every frame of the music video that's going to have two pretty big rap stars in it its own um, original NFT. So this three minute music video or whatever, each frame is going to be an NFT that you can own a piece of that music video with two, you know two famous artists imagine movies that started doing that like you know your favorite movie like braveheart if each individual screen had in whatever you know it was 10,000 20,000 you could own a portion of your favorite movie um that's where i think web3 is going and the technology has to be built still to like figure out all of the you know little ins and outs of it but um I forgot the question, Carl. That's okay. I, you just—I love that you just go on these stories, and I'm—I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just so intrigued by them. Sometimes I forget the question. Uh, no, the question was about your uh, the the people the the OG star, like YouTube oh, yeah. stars. But oh, but that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like I've seen this trend for 13 years now. Um, so a new platform pops up, Daily Booth, Blog TV. This is back way when I started. You know, when I, I was I was partnered with YouTube, I was making a little bit of money on YouTube, making YouTube videos. But then this website came out called Blog TV, and it was a live streaming website. And these guys were out of Israel or something, and they were offering their top Blog TV um, partners 10 cents per unique viewer. So if you had 10 people in your room, you got a dollar. And that became the contest with me and some of my other YouTube friends when we're like, the more you stream, the more money you make. And so different people kind of like aped in, I guess is the term these days. But you would see YouTubers, they're like, check out my blog TV show or, you know, then Daily Booth. I even remember when Twitter started. I joined Twitter in 2008, the very beginning of 2008. And it's like, oh, are you going to get on this new Twitter thing? And you kind of see that the community of YouTubers that are like my close friends as a certain couple start doing it, more and more get on board, and as more and more get on board, then the rest are just like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And they, we kind of follow each other. And even like back in the day, I was in a group that could be considered a DAO now, <laughs> but this was eight years ago, where there was like 20 of us YouTubers who were all in this big, long email chain, where that YouTube channel, there was a video playing, and that was a video that you selected, and your autoplay videos usually got way more views because every time somebody came to your channel, that video was already playing and so that would get more views. So we did this collaboration with 20 of us where we would take turns over the course of a month 
and each person would get their chance to be in all 20 of our autoplay videos. So we would all on a certain day put so-and-so's YouTube video of their choosing in our autoplay on the main page of our YouTube channel, thus launching and like rising this video exponentially because we were all helping to promote that same person. So I've kind of seen that with NFTs now, you know, like some YouTubers are starting to join. It's like I see more and more starting to join people that were like making fun of it or now, you know, getting their .eth name and stuff like that. So it's it's just like every onboarding, you know, process where it it starts a little at first and then all at once. Yeah. Yeah, and you feel and you kind of feel that momentum and I think it is. It's like uh it's like palpable in the space. You kind of start to you start to see things, you start to see people coming into the space, then you start to see industries uh and big corporations and it's just like uh it's like a domino effect and like you said it seems like like it's real slow and then all of a sudden and it seems like we're kind of leading up to that. And so uh, I think it's amazing seeing having you see that um, from early uh, or I guess since NFT NYC and just being so curious about it. I think it just shows to, you know, the, the innovators and the pioneers of the early uh, days of the web and like building on the web. Uh, you, you, you notice this and it's I mean, same thing with like Farouk, who's been building in the space or Gary Vee. Like you, you just, um, you're able to, you, you, you guys notice trends. And I think it's, um, if anything, it's a huge validation of where this is heading because you, you've seen it before. And like you said, you, you see that pattern recognition. I think it's exciting to, uh, kind of get that stamp of approval from, from guys like you who just, uh, are becoming curious and see like, wow, there, this is something, this is cool. And, uh, I love hearing you talk about it and, and like you said, you're, you're, you, you have to learn like all these new vocabulary terms. It's like a whole new world. But uh, the fact that you're just so curious about it is like, uh, it's just so exciting. And I'm grateful that you're in the space. One thing I, would, I do want to transition to, and then we're going to go to questions from the audience. So if you have a question, you can go ahead and hit that request button. We'll bring some people up here in just a second if you have a, a question for Shay. Uh, or you can post on that, that thread uh, or that tweet pinned above. But I know you're a huge advocate. We talked a little bit about this in DMs of in real life interaction and not getting too consumed into technology, which I think if anyone can speak on the challenges of building uh, in Web2, it's definitely you. You've been doing this for over a decade. And now you're seeing a lot of young people starting to get involved and wanting to build in this space. So what are some of the most important pieces of advice that you've learned from building in Web2 and in tech that you can share with people that are starting to spend more and more time trying to build in Web3 and, and getting passionate about it when it comes to mental health and in real life relationships? Oh, brother. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot to say about that, but um, I don't know. The, the term like dox yourself comes to my, to my mind because as a YouTuber, like you're putting your face on the camera and I see with Web3 now, you know, there's going to be a lot of avatar YouTubers, which I think is cool because, you know, you don't always feel like being on camera, but you still want your essence or your voice to be out there. Um, so I think a lot of skins and avatars will be placed over, you know, people's real faces. But there's, you know, I just have this mild concern within me that is our true nature as far as like, you know, let's ad and accept what is going on. We breathe oxygen. We need water and food. 
And the more we're staring at these blue lights, research and time will tell how healthy is that for us? And what is that? What are the implications for Web3? And will that be a hindrance to Web3? And then, you know, in the future, will there be people fighting against Web3 because it's like the IRLs versus the digitals, you mm, know, like yeah. what is more important to you and, you know, where do you live? And there's um, a giant snowstorm and the power's out. So you can't get on Twitter or OpenSea or your headset to play VR. Do you know how to shovel snow? You know, like, <laughs> like there just needs to be this balance between how digital do we get? You know, I'm, a big fan of technology it's like it's inevitable um if you've heard of ray kurzweil there's a really good documentary called transcendent man where the very last line of the documentary um it's like ray kurzweil is this like world-renowned um scientist slash smart guy works for google's google to how to like prolong life and stuff but the very last line of the movie is do you believe in God? And it's like, not yet. Like we will create the technology that will solve the ultimate human crisis, which is called death. You know, like, mm -hmm. can we print livers? Can we print lungs? Can we print hearts? Can we put digital, you know, can we put microchips in our body that will read all of the, you know, levels in our body. And then the next morning we wake up and we get an email and it's like, the email's like, we notice you're low on potassium. You need to eat a quarter cup of almonds, one and a half banana, and it's like it will optimize health and prevent disease based off of this chip within your body that's reading all of your levels to maximize, you know, your potential health, which is all cool and stuff. But at like, at what speed do we do that? You know, like, does death become an elective procedure one day where we get so good and the exponential curve of growth and technology makes it so that people are starting to live 200 300 years and then you have to be like okay i've been here long enough let me see what happens when i unplug you know yeah like, just unplug oh you know it is a, um, it is a strange thing to think of I'm, I'm sure you think about this a lot because you've been around and you've kind of uh especially our generation that's been born into like this massive tech um evolution and so is it is that something that you think about a lot in terms of um, you know when, how this continues to evolve because of the rapid speed that it seems to just be compounding on itself in the last couple of decades? Yeah, man, I think about death a lot. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think about death? No, no, just like how how that how that that technology can really uh, like how it can change. Like you said, like um, like you said, you're not sure how, what the time frame. But a lot of these things that seemed like science fiction even five years ago, like for people, especially in this space, it doesn't seem so much like science fiction in the next decade. Like there's just it, it just seems like things are moving so quickly that right. it's it's hard to um, it's hard to imagine where things will be even in twenty or thirty years from now. Yeah, I think we've gotten to the point where nothing sounds like magic to us anymore mm -hmm. because you could go back in time a hundred years ago um, and show the people the stuff that we have now, the ability to send a picture from. Los Angeles to Paris, France in, in a couple seconds is magic. You know, so I asked the question, if that's magic to them back then, if, if I could go 
on the Oregon Trail and pick up the Pioneers in my Toyota Tundra with heated seats and a six disc CD. Well, that makes it old. I have iTunes, <laughs> you know, it's like they would be blown away. They'd be like, whoa, where's the fire coming from? It's like, oh, no, I just have a battery. And, you know, that's magic to them. So what could I tell you right now that we'll be able to do in 50 years that will seem like magic? Teleportation, you know, because all of these like boundaries and borders that seemed insane and like, oh, that would be cool. Ha ha ha. Like a watch where you could, you know, talk to your friends and just look at it like, you know, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, right. You know, it's like that stuff has happened. So the next iterations of whatever's coming, it's it's gotten to the point where you're like, yeah, sure, we'll be able to figure that out. So then that makes the sky the limit, you know, like, can we teleport? You know, like, is is that a, you know, science fiction becomes science fiction almost is like the predictor of our actual technology. We watch these movies. We're like, whoa, wouldn't that be cool? And then a decade to two decades later, we're like, oh, we actually can do that now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, who knows is the answer. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. And I appreciate like for someone that's been around in the space since very early on and has been building and just uh, your perspective means a lot. I really appreciate you coming on the show to share, you know, your insights on what you've seen building in Web 2 and now evolving into the Web 3 space and and getting curious and passionate and excited about it. It is uh, it's just awesome to have you in the space. And I'm glad that you're you're an advocate for the Adam Bomb Squad and helping others that are in the space. Um, but let's go ahead. We're going to bring up some people for questions and uh, and let you guys take the the stage now. So go ahead and hit that request button. We're going to start bringing some people up for Community Corner. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. Hey yo! All right, community corner. There it is. There I need to. I'm gonna hit you up for my next uh, voiceover that I need for for the next show because uh, I would love to have a Shay Carl intro. This is crazy <laughs> Carl. All right. Well, I used to be a radio DJ. I so know, that's dude. Why I appreciate I, your production. So much. <laughs> I appreciate that too. I actually had called in back in the day to your uh, studio because you what? used to live. You used to live stream it every once in a while, and uh, I think yeah. I got through. And I don't. I, I don't know what I said, but I was just excited to be able to talk to you back then for 20 seconds. Uh, Ollie, what's going on? He's a Discord developer. He's helped a lot with the Crazy Carl Collective Discord, so excited to bring you up. What's going on, Ollie? Not much, man. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate coming up. And, and Shay, it's, it's really a pleasure for me to to listen to you and listen to your stories. I've, I've spent you know a decade listening to your YouTube content and... I always appreciated what you did with your family and and always made, you know, clean, uh, wholesome content that was enjoyable to watch and uplifting. So thank you for that. Um, my question to you is is twofold. One, I, I know you're supporting a lot of NFT projects, but are you creatively involved in any upcoming projects, like, like creating your own kind of series or NFTs? And then my second question is, do you also collect one of one NFTs? Yo, um, yes. I mean, I'm. What do you mean by one of one F- NFTs? Like, just somebody who only has like one in their collection. By I just mean like, uh, like original art that's just kind of like a painting that's just one. You know, there's not an edition. That's not a collection. Like on yeah, super I, rare or like an artist that that is just like there's no editions of it. 
Yes, they're um, – I'm going to forget her name. Oh, my goodness. I have bought a couple like that. I'd have to go to my wallet. I forgot the artist's name because I'm supposed to know it right now, so that's why I forgot it. But, um, yeah, I, I've bought a couple of those. Um, as far as one of ones, not too many. I have a couple food mask U's that I like. I think those are really cool. But um, what was the other question? Uh, just the other question was, um, are you involved in any upcoming oh, right. projects yourself? Yeah. No, I'm not. Not yet. I'm still, <clears throat> I mean, I'm 90 days into this, so I'm still like trying to pace myself, you know, as far as like learning and, you know, coming out with my own NFT, there's definitely thoughts and I've, I've received many DMS from companies who want to help me, um, you know, turn my YouTube content into NFTs. But I just I'm not ready to do that yet, and um, so I'm not really partnered with any upcoming ones. I have some friends that are making some that um, you know I've bought into, but um, none that I'm gonna be a part of yet. But I bet you'll know when I am. I think those are both great questions. Thanks, Ollie, for coming up. And uh, I think uh, one thing that I'm curious about, Shay, is that your family. I know your kids are getting a little older. Is this something that they're getting? I, I think I talked to you about uh, one of your sons doing like a report on it. Is this something you see them super curious about and getting excited about? Well, it's a mixed bag in this house because sometimes it's like, Mom, Dad, quit looking at your stupid NFTs. and Or like my daughter, or our 16-year-old daughter, she's like, if you can spend thousands of dollars on that stupid picture, you can take us to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Oh, I, I, I'm still so. getting trolled for not getting a Peloton yet in our house. <laughs> um, but my son, my older son, he's 18. Yeah. He just did his senior project on how cryptocurrency and blockchain will affect the world and so he did a bunch of research and so for his 18th birthday i bought him some bitcoin and then for christmas i bought him an atom bomb squad for uh christmas so he's he's into it like the other kids kind of roll their eyes our little boys they like it because they come they just like the art They're like oh i like that one and like when i'm looking on the open sea i'm like which one do you like better out of these four and i'll kind of take a consensus with the kids and then you know my wife has she's you know, she's gotten in. And so that's fun for us to be like, to be able to have the conversations like, oh yeah, but the floor is at only point two. Yeah. But I think it's going to go up because, you know, like it's fun to have conversations with her like that, where we're both interested in this and kind of learning about the properties and the metadata and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, my older son, he's definitely into it. And him and his buddy the other day, like, will you buy us another Adam Ball. I'm like, no, get a job. Buy your, <laughs> Buy your own damn NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, we have another uh, question up on stage from Rad Laser Falcon, the Ethereal's co-founder. What's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Uh, oh, it's a it's a lady. I've never had you up Carl, on stage. You gotta know, Dang. You gotta know Rad Laser Falcon. She's, she's one of the best. I love her. Oh, my God. Um, I've never had a amazing. chance to be able to have you on stage. I've seen you uh, a lot in the show, so I apologize. Thank you for coming up. How are you? Oh, yeah. I'm 
good. No, no apology needed. I, it makes me laugh. It, I even have in my bio hashtag not a dude. Uh, but I can totally. <laughs> you know, it is so important. Shay shouted it out earlier, but seeing how many women are in this space is like really, especially even from early last year. You've, there's been a huge um, like growth of women in the space, and it's really inspiring. And I'm so glad that we're seeing creators like that. And uh, it is. I do need to apologize though, because it should not ever be a uh, just an assumption. So, with that being said, go ahead. No, not at all. I mean, okay, it's by design in some <laughs> ways because the crypto space is like so um, heavily male centric, and so. What I've found that's awesome is because I, you know, I have this like my my PFP and my avatar. Um, I can like dip into discords and all kinds of places, and people are like, "Yeah, hey man, you're cool. Hey bro, like what's up? Like yeah." And then like guys vibe with me, not even understanding or realizing um, that you know that I'm that I'm a woman. But like we have these like authentic, awesome conversations without kind of you know all of the pitfalls of of gender and you know and then later i real feel like oh you know i'm a lady and then they're like oh oh you know and like you can see <laughs> the, the wheels turning like oh my god what did i say like you know did i say anything off color but um i've always been a tomboy and had you know pre- predominantly male friends so i i roll with it pretty well but um <laughs> the whole reason i came up is i wanted to say thank you to shay carl because you have done so much to support women in the space. Um, you have platform projects that have female creators. Um, you've, you've shouted out that like there's a necessity to support um, uh, women creators and devs and all of those sorts of people in the space. So I'm super grateful for um, your commentary. I'm, I'm super happy that we've become uh, internet friends <laughs> in some ways. And I've had a lot of fun. Um, with that and um, I think you're very similar to Bobby in that like you realize the the, the, the opportunities for women to come into the space um, and you know women in the space doesn't have to mean like there's a project that's predicated on gender or that's like completely centered on women like you know our project for example women CEO women CFO women women uh, project management lead um, and three female founders, but like, it doesn't look like, <laughs> it doesn't look like, you know, no shade against any like women centric projects like world of women, boss beauties and all these like beautiful, amazing projects. But, um, it doesn't have to be that way. And, and to your point, uh, I was at the central con in Miami. It was like 50, 50, like women and men, which like kind of blew my mind, you know, cause you see the numbers, but, um, I, I just want to say thank you so much for, for all that you do and continuing to like um, uplift uh, women creators in the space. And, you know, you, you, you never know where we are. We could be a rad laser <laughs> falcon hiding out and just vibing. Uh, but, uh, but thank you. And, and you know what? Actually, the, the last uh, speaker took my question, which was like, I would love to see you enter the space. Like, I can't imagine the awesome content that you could create or, you know, the, the innovation that you might be able to bring to the space because you've been innovating all along, you know, like with Web 1, Web 2, um, and now Web 3. And um, I'm super excited to see what you come up with. And if, if I can ever be um, any help to you, I would love to, I would love to help um, you build something. Thank you very much, Rad Laser Falcon. Um, everybody follow her. 
she's one of the founders of Ethereals, which I own a, a couple. And I you own, own an one. Ethereal Tron. You, you I, own I, yeah, I say I own one that I'm very, very proud of. And um, when I first saw, you know, there's NFTs like, you know, you scroll through OpenSea and you're like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. There's been a few in my time where I'm like, oh, I have to have that one. And that Ethereals that I have um, is definitely one of them. And um, her and her, uh, her handsome, I, I guess I shouldn't dox you. Are, are you guys boyfriend? No, are yeah, you, yeah. You, it, are you married? Go, go for it. No, no, we're, no, we're not, we're not married. He's like, he's like, come on, let's, let's bring it across the finish line. Shay Carl. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Danko. Will you Jimmy marry? Red? <laughs> Anyways, sorry, but yeah, I love no. them. And you know, it's funny. It's like when you first get into this space, you're like, I don't really know anybody. I haven't met anybody, but um, I think I found out. I mean, I think you guys were in um, an early bomb squad chat. I'm like, oh, these guys sound cool. And, um, you know, you just you just vibe with people. There are some people that you see that are like genuine and you're like, oh, these guys are cool. But when it comes to women and NFTs, like just I'm I'm bullish on women in general, not only because I have a wife, two daughters, a mom and a grandma who are my bosses, but um all of the business that I've done over the last 12, 13 years, I would much rather work with a woman because in many points they're smarter and more emotionally intelligent. And, um, I don't know why that's a thing that, you know, women and NFTs get hate, but, um, we're all brothers and sisters of our heavenly father. So (laughs) anyways, thank you. Rad laser Falcon. It's good to talk to you. Yeah. Good to talk to you too. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I was going to thank you for coming up on stage and just uh, giving Shay some flowers, but also just Shay, like seeing that you're supporting, um, you know, p- women in this space and even just you, not necessarily collections that. Uh, maybe are well known, but just like finding ones the communities that you really vibe with is really beautiful. And I think something that uh, more people need to to do in this space is it's not always like you said earlier. It's not always about finding a project that you can just flip and make money. Like there's there's a lot more to this space than that. And I think um, I think that like you being able to spend time in these communities and really supporting people is uh, is a really beautiful thing and something that. Uh, more people can learn from in in the Web three space. Here, here. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you uh, you you agree. All right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. We've got Bennett up on stage. Bennett, thanks for coming up. What's going on, man? Wow, so excited! Uh, I didn't know Rad Laser is going to get up here. One of my few NFTs that I do own is Ethereal. I've got a biggie, so uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, I, I didn't really know Shay Carl until this uh, episode, but man, he's awesome. He's up here preaching. He's doing a good job there. He's a family guy. Sounds great. But he really got my ears perked up when he talked about a movie and then owning part of the movie. I can't imagine like meaning like Ro- Rocky Four and when Rocky knocks out like Ivan Drago to own that in a movie. How awesome would that be? And you could, yeah, think how like that moment, like, that that one shot that's like right there where he's hitting him in the chin yeah that, that one's going to be way more valuable than just like the blurry frames you know those will kind of be like the floor 
you know, pro, you know, the floor of like just the blurry frames, but you'll, you know, click through all of those. And then every, I mean, how, you already like to tell people to go to the movie that you like, that's human nature. Right. Like, oh, you gotta go check this out. What if you owned a little portion of it? You would shout that movie from the rooftops. Yeah, like 15 seconds of Braveheart when they're coming over the, the hill or whatever. It's just awesome to think about. Yeah, that's the that's where we're going. And that's the exciting thing about it. So I'm in with you guys when you all do that movie and get like The Rock or whoever. Uh, count me in on that. <laughs> all right, uh, get... Shay, you need to make sure to hit Bennett up. He's ready for the movie NFTs. So when, you, when you're in a movie, you and The Rock, let us know because I'm excited. You heard <laughs> well, it here Kevin first. Hart, that's alpha. Dude, they always they always cast Kevin Hart over me. In those <laughs> that's a, that's a fact. Pisses me off. <laughs> You're a funny guy too, man. <laughs> All right, we've got one more one more question from Patrick, uh, photographer, father, boyfriend. What's going on, Patrick? Thanks for coming up. What's up, guys? I'm not sure if you could uh, hear me. Kind of. Yeah, we can hear I was you. Running off the couch, I uh, watched. Perfect. I'm watching uh, George of the Jungle tonight with my daughter. So uh, you guys talking about movies, I, I, I kind of ran off real quick so I could, uh, could talk real quick. Um, Ollie actually uh, took my uh, my first question about one-to-ones. Uh, as Carl said, I was a photographer, uh, so kind of was curious about that. But then, um, you know, what I'm always curious about when hearing about successful people and myself, um, I always find myself uh, – learning more in my failures than I did my successes. Um, and I love hearing about successes, obviously. Um, that's what brings, you know, people in. Um, but I'm kind of curious, have you had any sort of failures in the, in this space? Obviously we've had, you've had failures over your time, but in this space particularly yet that you're, you know, want to share with the group and, um, what you kind of learned from those failures. Um, not yet. I mean, I did, sell one nft yesterday for a loss just because i really wanted another adam bomb squad <laughs> and i was i got sick of looking at that, that nft in my wallet i won't say which one it was <laughs> but i sold it at a little bit of a loss so i guess you could sell say that was a failure um you got to be patient you know emotion emotion has its place where like maybe you're passionate about the project and the people who are creating it. But if you get emotional about, Oh, this is going to go up or I'm going to trade this. And Oh, I need this because this person has it. Like you're going to get caught up in those emotions and you're not going to make rational decisions. But you know, even cause I told my wife, I'm like, I sold so-and-so so I could get this thing. And she's like, well, I thought you were excited about that. Like she makes me second guess. I'm like, Oh, maybe I didn't want to get rid of that. You know, so there's that kind of stuff, but um, it's no, funny how emotional uh, any sort of investment, especially with the uh, NFTs, can be. So there's, there's this very psychological thing involved with it. Yeah, I mean, any investing, whether you're seed investing or you're investing in a Tesla or an NFT or cryptocurrency or Amazon, any of that, anytime you put money into an investment, it should in your mental capacity, you should think of it as a, a gamble. You're like, I'm betting on this thing to work, you know? So emotional detachment is important thinking like I could lose all of this money, but if it does well, then I'll be happy. But I have 
you know, mitigated my risk. I've done my own research. I, I believe in this thing and I think it will go up. That's for anything you do in your life, whether it's in relationships or investing. It's like you decide where you spend your time. You know, invest in people, invest in projects, invest in good ideas. You're not only investing your time and money, but your your energy, your creativity. And you only have so much of all of those things. So you have to decide which ones are best, you know, to put yourself into. Um, so that's up to each person to decide that for themselves. But you only have so much bandwidth that you can only do so much. And my be- my best advice is just like find something that you're really passionate about that, or that you really like and go all in. Amen. Rad Laser Falcon, I saw That's you. That's great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Patrick, for coming up. And Rad Laser Falcon, I wanted to, I saw that you uh, put your hand back up. Did you have something to add on? Yeah, you know, and I think that like Shake Hall makes such a good point because, you know, ultimately there's there's this kind of intermittent reward around this space that is very akin to say like something like gambling and so uh when you get involved in something like that you want to steal your emotions as much as you can right so um what i mean by that is to say like okay not getting so caught up in the hype not getting so caught up in the fomo not getting and like ultimately um, unless you're going to go fully degen, and if people aren't like familiar with that term, um, that's like a full time job. Like if you're really looking at this, like as like, okay, this is my full time job, trading in these things, and um, so I'm going to have to do a, like an, an extraordinary amount of research um, to like make this like kind of a, a, an income stream. So that's like a kind of a different crossroads for NFTs. But if you're leaning into like the art and the community aspect of it. Um, you know, Bobby Hundred says a lot, and, and I, I wholeheartedly agree, like, you are investing in the people, and um, you're investing in the community. So, like, do you vibe with where that's going in the future? And, like, and to the point of the other speaker, like, one of ones, there's, like, incredible one of one artists, um, you know, particular in the in the photography space, and, and, like, just being part of their perspective and viewpoint as well, like, you know, uh, John Knopf, Cass Mard. Um, looking down in the audience, I see Greg, Mike, and, you know, Danko, my, my partner, like, like incredible, incredible artists um, that you can support in that way too, and, and have some access to. But I think ultimately it's like looking at the company that you want to keep. Um, do you, do you like intrinsically agree with that person's perspective? Do you agree with the kind of um, community that they've built around them, the things that they're participating in? And what I think is really the most exciting part of it is access. Like you can go in ABS and talk to freaking Bobby hundreds. Like he hangs out in there. Like you're never going to get that out of a lot of these um, web two portals with influencers. It's a one way street, right? You can like and repost to your heart's content, but you don't have access the way that you do here where you can actually, like I've said it before and I'll say it again is like, don't believe there's a fourth wall between you and your heroes in, in, in web three. Like my DMS are open. I talk to anybody who wants to talk to me. I help everybody. This space is the most helpful, altruistic, loving um, space I've ever seen. And you can still make money. Like I give it away. 
I give it away what I used to charge a lot, a lot of money for before I got into NFTs because I just love this space and I love helping people and really community is my currency at this point. So I just wanted to add that if there's anybody who's like kind of new to any of this. Um, I'm still being... on that. Community is my currency. I'm still on that. I that like is, that. that's beautiful. Now, yeah. Shay Carl, copyright. Now you're going to see him put out a project <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, minted, minted on the blockchain. <laughs> Red Laser Falcon is going to be like, what? What just happened? All right. This has hey, been. I, I say take it. If yeah. It, if, it, if, it makes people, if it makes, you know, that's the thing. It's like we're all co creating here in real time. So, like, like take it. I don't feel, I, mean, I feel like, like th this is this is the world that I want to live in. I don't like these silos. I don't like gatekeeping. I don't like all the things that made us all feel bad um, in 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 the things that were the darkness of Web two. Like I'm like all I ever wanted was more people to play with and have right. fun with, and and that's what this is now. It's like such a beautiful opportunity, and I'm so excited about it. I love that same like vibe as far as like just sharing things and like. You know, you asked, like, am I involved in any NFTs? Like, certain things I've had ideas about. I I told this to Dan from What's Inside because we were sending each other pictures of our shoes in church, like, with our socks. And, like, what if we generated 5,000 images of us with just our different shoes and socks in church over the next five months? And we get, like, 10 different guys to take pictures, and it's just – shoes and socks but the utility is to encourage people to go to church <laughs> or like you know those pictures that you see that are all blurry but you have to make your eyes you know like messed up to see the 3d image inside of it like what if you had nfts where you couldn't really tell what it was unless you could do that blurry thing with your eyes to see the 3d image i think that would be really cool because <laughs> just at a glance it would just seem like all these ridiculous images but like to see what was inside of it, you would have to be able to figure out how to do that thing with your eyes. Well, anyways, like what you're because... speaking to is utility. Like, like why couldn't you do that? Like, if you sell those NFTs of your shoes and all that kind of stuff, but maybe you want people to go to church, but maybe it's NFTs to fund mission trips. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's so there you go. Or, there you go. Or, you know, um, you're on the board, Rad Blazer. You're on the board. <laughs> No, no, seriously, no, that's a that's a beautiful right thing though, is like you can find like you said, like it's so important to find like minded community values, ideals that are similar because those uh, you know, the NFT, like you said, the community is really what brings people together and uh finding people that you can really connect with and understand and value um the way they look at life. Uh you know, and you may not agree with everything, but there's certain ideals that you just like are very important. And I think that that's uh, that's like an important facet of being able to find and build these communities. Uh, and I think it takes time as you kind of grow, but it's just a beautiful thing. You're able to connect with people. And like you said, like your connection with uh, Shay is just one example of that. And just building in the space is like you're you're able to kind of find unique uh, unique times where you can connect with people. So I really appreciate that outlook. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up. Shay, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything that you want to leave the people with before we, uh, we head out? Thank you so much for having me, Carl. Uh, I very much appreciate all of you listening to my babblings for the last 60 or 78 minutes. And if I have to say anything to you, it would be. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. He just rugged himself. All right. I want to give uh, I want to give a huge shout out of gratitude to Shay Carl for coming on the show to chat about his journey so far in the Web3 space. The Crazy About Crypto show does not accept paid advertisements or paid requests to come on the show. The quality of guests and educational content provided is essential. This show is run by loyal listeners through the establishment of the Crazy Carl Collective, where 100% of the Genesis NFTs are rewarded to listeners for the next two years by actively engaging in learning and listening to the show and helping build the growth of the collective. After every show, there will be a second Spaces that immediately opens for those that are not yet in the collective but interested in joining, and we will give away a new spot to one of the listeners tonight after the show. Web3 allows us to give value back to the consumers, and I thank each one of you for joining live tonight to help learn about the innovation that Web3 brings to each of us and challenge you to continue learning and growing in this space. Also tonight, if you're in the collective, please go to the Discord immediately after the show to attend the Jackbox Game After Party, hosted by Franco. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat, or anybody really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.